What in the hell? Oh Are you God. ready? This is so weird. That's all, that's my private jet notification. <laughs> Get on the plane, oh baby. God, of course. We gassing up. Can all right, here's the new the intro. That's my private jet notification. Yeah, that's gonna be the intro right there. Are you ready? I got a new intro I'm song. Ready. I want your thoughts. Here we go. Yeah. What do you think? There it is, you guys. Brand new intro song for the podcast. The bomb. I just lost my mind over here. (laughs) I was twerking. Ain't nobody to give me no change or nothing up in here. What did you think, honestly? You saw me. You are loving it. I went off on this chair. Isn't he good? He's good. He is good. He made up for the um, audio during our live show. (laughs) The audio (laughs) mishap. We're about to fire your ass. Oh my god. Oh god. You came back with a vengeance. Someone came to work today. Hi. Hi, Paul Wharton. How's it going, Sarah Frazier? I just count down the time till I get to see you. I love it. Me too. I mean, honest to God, it's like I don't want to talk to you too much during the week because we have so much to gossip about. (laughs) I know. By the way, you look beautiful today. Oh, how do I look? Do my new lips and and I keep saying plastic surgery. Do my new lips and Botox look good? Let me tell you something. You look so natural and so fresh. And, you know, it it just looks really great on you. He was very conservative. And anyone that sees you, if they tell you anything other than you look great, they're lying. Well... (laughs) I got some mixed review about it. Mm-hmm. So we have to get into that. Because I want to know your honest to God. I want to know your real feelings. If you think that I made a little bit of a mistake when it came to my brand by getting Botox and lip injections. No, I don't think you did at all. Well, I don't think so either. But I, but I will tell you all about, you know, that whole, I got some interesting Talk emails and messages. Talk about Mindful Living. Have you ever seen uh, Tony Robbins? Yes. Oh, my God. I love Tony Robbins. Have you seen Robbins. his wife? Yeah, she seems like she's had a ton of work done. Okay, she is as mindful living as it gets. And, you know, she mindfully walked on over to the plastic surgeon and got herself together. I mean, you know, it's a personal choice, but I don't think it has much to do with what's really going on on the inside. You All know, right. you Thank can still you. be mindful and, and get your lips plumped up. I totally, totally agree with you. And so I want to talk that about that. I think aren't mindful are the ones that do it in secret and then come back and say, "Why? Why? I was born with these big lips." Okay. You know? Right? And that was the other thing is somebody mentioned on my Instagram, they said, oh, I think, you know, I get Botox and I really love it and, and my Botox looks great, but I'm so disappointed that you did this as a sponsored ad. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wouldn't it be? Or he, oh, she goes, I think it's deceitful that you're doing it as an ad. And I said, well, wouldn't it be deceitful if I didn't do it as like, if I didn't tell right. you that it was like you're promoted? You're other and- people to do it and you're not willing to do it yourself. Well, first of all, it yes. evolved into that. You know, right. the relationship with Dr. Ruff started as a sponsor of the live show. There was no expectation on either of us to do anything over there at the office. Right. We just enjoyed him so much. We enjoyed talking about him. We went to the office to make a video where we were going to get a peel or something. 
And then I you honest just- to God, I swear to you, last Thursday, I walked into the office. I thought, I'm just getting a microdermabrasion. <laughs> Maybe a chemical peel. That's it. We'll be out of here in 15 minutes. And when I started walking in and you were like, you know what? It would look great on you. No, don't make all these people mad. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no you don't. No, you won't. No, Do but not you're even a good call friend. Me I have to tell you, you're a great friend and I need to take your advice because I actually love it. It's and really nice on you. I'm telling you. Oh, now I'm addicted, honey. I mean, I want to become completely Dolly Parton. Uh, no, no. Oh, I think you I'm going are to... stoking the fire. Maybe not the big boobs. Like, yeah. Maybe the body will remain somewhat natural. Yeah. But I feel like this is my gateway drug. Okay. She's kidding, everyone. <laughs> I did not get her. They're going to think I'm your pusher. <laughs> well, look. Welcome to the podcast. It's Paul Wharton. I'm Hi. Sarah Frazier, and this is the Hey Frazier podcast. We want you to subscribe, by the way, to us on iTunes. Subscribe to the Hey Frazier podcast on iTunes. If you want to become an advertiser on this podcast, Paul and I want to come do something really fun with you. You could be sponsoring our live show. You could be doing live Facebook videos with us and so much more. All you need to do is email. I've got a new saleswoman as well. She's joining the team. I have Madonna and Rebecca. Email Rebecca at heyfrage.com or you can also email sales at heyfrage.com um, so email us and we want you to be a part of this because believe me if there's one thing that Paul and I do well people will be talking about your company okay I love it I so love it. be sure to subscribe and then also join us and join the team and advertise so it's Rebecca at heyfrage.com so I wanted to take care of that we have a ton to talk about um, you were at Vanessa Williams over the weekend uh. and I got a text message from you as a topic for this show to remind you to talk about when you were, quote, literally drunk with power. Drunk with power. Backstage <laughs> with Vanessa Williams. First of all, she has so many hits. You don't Does even realize. She? Wait a minute. You know what? I got to Google those. Okay, keep talking. I want to see what hits she has. Save the best for last. No, 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 no. Okay, na, I know that na, one. Na, 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 na. Okay, and then she has, um, well, ones that I know. Um, what what's the one that my mom used to sing? Save the colors of the wind. Oh, oh colors of the wind! One. I cried. Oh my god! You know I what? Dreaming. I. Re- do you remember dreaming? I do remember dreaming. Now that you're saying that, oh my gosh! I she's get- an awesome performer. She's extremely humble. So after the show, let me tell you about the drunk with power thing. First of all, um, I call my friend who owns the Howard Theater, and he hooks me up with a great situation. So he gives me a nice booth. I can take a friend. I take a friend over. They send us champagne. So thanks, Chip Ellis and Howard Theater for taking care of us. Period. You wait, darling. It was fabulous. <laughs> the show was amazing. And right after the show, he said, come on back and you can go meet uh, Vanessa. Now, I've met her before, but of course, she wouldn't remember me. But um, So it was nice to go down <clears throat> Excuse me, and see her again. So we go backstage. By this time, I've had... <laughs> How many Weight Watcher points? That's what everybody wants to know. Because that's your thing, though. I, I hate to tell you this. You're going to be known for one thing, and that's these Weight Watcher it's, it's damn points. For, it's six for Patron, right? Was that what we were talking about? Yes, yeah, six. I thought it was four. Didn't you have... Oh. Patron should be six. Patron probably. should be yeah. six? Okay. Because I, I get the gimlets. It's just a little splash of lime, a little bit of simple syrup, shaken up with my Patron. It's delicious. So anyway, I've had... 12 Weight Watchers points on that and a half a bottle of champagne because Mary had the other half. Okay, so that's probably what? Like, are you 20, I'm 15? at about 25. I, I, 25? I, I, I can't count it. That and you have 30 allotted in a night. <clears throat> really? Oh, no, that's that seems high. That's to take me to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Here's some me. dreaming. Play that while I clear my throat up. Do you remember this mm. song, everybody? I love it. So let me tell you. So we go down to see Vanessa. 
We go in, she's fabulous. I take pictures with her. Well, anyway, our boss, Sarah and I's mutual boss from Fox 5 is there. And he's a huge Vanessa Williams fan. But I I was a little mad at him. <laughs> because I was a little mad at him because we had a scheduling conflict at work and, and I was just just just, just low key mad. You know, like Yeah, sure, no just a deal. little just mad. Like, I mean not eh. like I'm not gonna ever speak to you again, but just you know. So the security guy comes rushing back to the to the little room where I'm sitting with Vanessa and he says, Hey Paul, there's two white guys from Fox <laughs> Five out there that say they're your friends. Should I let them in or not? And I swear to you, there were four beats easily. <laughs> it was like Huh. Well, I know who you're talking about. I definitely know who you're talking about. I'm just not so sure. And I had that moment, and I said, oh, oh, my God, what am I doing? Let him in, of course. Oh, my God, you were so funny. <laughs> wow, you had a moment. It I had a moment. It was probably the Weight Watcher points. It though. was the Weight Watcher's points. Because you're a very kind and generous person in real life. Well, I love him, but, you know, he messed my schedule up. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like... No, you don't get to meet Vanessa tonight. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you that you you can be drunk with power? Like, do people ever say that to you? Is that like something no. you are you feel like is a real issue, or it's you not just noticed thing. that one time? No, I'm usually a lot of fun when I'm drunk. Yeah, Except for that last drink at the end of the night, and I get a little bit combative sometimes. <laughs> Okay, well, that's what we have to stop. So we've got to know, like, what the borderline is. Is that, like, the fifth drink that does that? Well, I usually say one for the road when I know it should be over. And then when I really want to stay around but I shouldn't have another one, that's one for the ditch. Oh. So so I said one for the road. And then everybody knows, okay, well, he's having one more. I said one for the ditch. (laughs) Meaning... If I was behind the wheel, which I'm never, uh, I would be in the ditch. Well, I have to say, um, I talked to a listener Mm -hmm. this past week, Karen, who did want me to give you, to pass along some information. She actually quit drinking. um, And she said she was kind of going through the same thing you were, where she like, you know, she'd go a couple drinks and not drink, but then she'd go out. Then she felt like she didn't like the way she felt the next day. Anyway, she wanted me to tell you that she's been like a month now without a drink and she loves it. And she loves it, Mm -hmm. huh? So she said, do whatever you feel like. But she wanted me to tell you that she loves Paul and that if he decides to go give up drinking for a while, she said that she finds she has a lot more time and, and she really likes how she feels. And Yeah. I mean, I like it. After a week, I love how I feel. Right. I know. But you then know? it's like we just, you know, we go out to so many things. Eh. <laughs> it's on my mindful living list. <laughs> One of those things. Well, speaking of mindful living, so you guys also saw the video. Paul and I, like we started to talk about, but I want to finish this conversation because I genuinely want to know, like, your thoughts on mm-hmm. this. So last Thursday, we end up going to Dr. Paul Ruff's office, and it's the video is on my Facebook page. You can see it under Hey Frage Podcast. So I, I am really thinking that we are going in to do this additional promotional video for Dr. Ruff because he was kind enough to sponsor the show, but it was sort of a last-minute thing. So we said to make good on it, hey, we'll do this Facebook Live video mm-hmm. for you. So I am thinking we are getting microdermabrasion, something cute and fun online, and that's like it. Then Dr. Paul Rumpf is like, oh, hey, have you ever thought about Botox and like a little lip injection? And I'm thinking to myself, no way. There is no way. But anyway, we're sitting down. Irene, the intern, goes, okay, you ready for me to start the video? We start the video. And then before I know it, I'm getting the procedures, which, by the way, I can't even watch the video because apparently at the end he puts like a little hole in my lip or something. And then, okay, no, no, no. I can't even. But you didn't feel anything. No, I didn't feel a thing. That was the thing. He was correct. Everything was completely pain-free. Pain-free. But you know what I liked about you doing this? 
I think the best part about you doing this is you took away a bit of the shame because those doctors are over there. Somebody's paying the rent, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they are not in these big offices living in Potomac and McLean and sending their kids to private school. Somebody is going over there getting something. Yeah. But no one is talking about it. And it's just a personal choice. Now, I know that people have what you told me I had the other week, body dysmorphia. Was that you? Yes. Which, by the way, I have a story I want to talk about. Did you see that woman in Miami, the bomb who died of getting lipo? I don't oh, want you to oh, ever shit. do that. No, I don't. No, I didn't, I didn't read. I skipped over that one. <laughs> no, but I mean, and I'm not into it like all like that, but... For me, I just feel like when I can't fit into my clothes or I'll see a, um, like the, the other day I told you, this guy told me that I look like I've been eating bonbons. Did I tell you that? <gasps> Who would say that to you? Is this a guy that you were dating? Fuck no. So I'm at my <gasps> office. And, and by the way, you are so handsome and so tiny. Like, Oh my God, I love you. I want to describe how you look, but I think most people that <laughs> listen to this podcast already know. so funny. But Paul is so <laughs> handsome and tall so and thin. Oh, not really. But thank you. And I you always that. dress to the nines. Oh, I appreciate you. Oh, I love this love I'm getting from you. <laughs> you you guys should do, see me. You we are staring amazing. in each other's eyes like we are like, we are like, <laughs> you are my non-sexual girlfriend. Oh, I agree. You I'm are. I'm just loving you. Look, I'm just looking at you. This is fantastic. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I'm being I'm being genuine mm-hmm. when I say this. What I love about our dynamic is lots of times I'll come in to do this podcast. I have no makeup on. I look like absolute crap, right? Like, I'll come in with old, baggy Harlem pants on. <laughs> Paul always is to the nines. You look so good. And I love the contrast of sometimes I'm just like, whatever, I don't care. And you never, honest to God, do you ever get up a day in your life and just have like a you don't care what you look like yeah, day? Because you look yeah. amazing. Heck yeah. But um, because I do so many things in the day, I kind of have to, like, you know, we're going to a lunch after this, and I'll have a meeting in the afternoon. So, you you know, just I do a little something for myself. Is it bad? I'll go to meetings, too, even without makeup. I don't care. Sneakers on. No, it's not. It's not horrible because (laughs) you're Sarah Fraser, so you can do that. But one thing I talk about in my new book called Pulling It All Together that comes out in September is basically you never have to get ready if you stay ready. So I kind of keep myself on a schedule of maintenance. And things that, you know, of course, the the clothes are prepared, they're there, you know, my skincare regimen is down, my hair appointments are made, you know, all that stuff is kind of laid out so that when I need to go, I can just say, bit, bam, boom, I'm not really spending a lot of time getting ready. Then who in God's name told you you look like you've been eating bonbons? Let me tell you about this fool. (laughs) So I'm in my office. (laughs) I'm in my office at the coffee machine. And this guy says, um, I say, hey, hey, hello, to this one guy who, like, stalks me in the office, okay? I mean, he claims he doesn't, but he's, like, a low-key stalker. So he's like, oh, you're talking to me? Oh, I didn't think uh, Mr. Uh, Important over there says hi to people. I'm like, oh, God, whatever. I say, yeah, I guess you're feeling a certain kind of way today, but how you doing? You know, in my <laughs> little fun kind of way. And he's like, oh, I'm good. And then he says um, something to the effect of, oh, he says, Oh, you haven't really been here working because I passed your office and the lights are always off. I'm like, well, I'm somewhere working. Yeah, who is keeping track of you? Hello, right. I don't need a parent. I'm not always at my office, but I'm somewhere yeah. working. Trust me. And why the hell does this guy care? Exactly. Ugh. So then the guy says, um, well, or, um, it looks like you've been somewhere eating bonbons. And he kind of <gasps> looks me up and down. Oh, my God. First of all, what the 
fuck is a bond? I mean, you know, I know I've seen a bonbon from forever ago. Does anybody still make those? <laughs> yes. Are they still available in your local store? Um, I think they do sell them, yeah. I think I feel like I see them at Giant Fairmount. Now, now le- this is where it gets tricky. But I haven't eaten one in this forever. This is where it gets really tricky. The guy who was saying this to me is a pretty handsome guy, moderately handsome, but on the side of his mouth, like, he only has the first four teeth in the front. Okay. And on each side, from the four back, he has no teeth. On either side, on the top. Now. What did you say? Uh, not a thing. <laughs> okay. And exercise and self-control, I was like, now, see, I would be wrong. Oh, that's what I did say. I said, now, see, you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be real wrong. And then everybody would turn on me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my you God. You can talk about me. You can call me gay fat. You can do all that kind of shit. Low-key, I'm eating bonbons. But if I talked about them chompers, at least I can bite down on a bonbon. How about that? Now, see, I would be wrong. And I don't right. really go out to hurt someone's feelings. But there is a part of you that when somebody gives, you want to give back as well as you get, right? I know. I, no, there really, really is. Although, I just find, and this is like why... I, this is why we have to discuss this whole Botox and lip injections thing because I used to feel like that too. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I get really tired and worn down, I feel like when I'm snap back at people or clap back at people, whatever, <laughs> I feel like that's when I know that I need to take a break and mm-hmm. I need to kind of like do something mindful and do something good for somebody else. Because I think for somebody to say that to you, they obviously within themselves don't like themselves because sure. who would ever say that? You know, I mean, someone that's like judgmental or going, oh, hey, you look like you've been gone eating bonbons. It's like, sir, really? I mean, you know, that guy clearly knows what he looks like, but he's trying right. to bring you down to his level. So it's hard to sit back and go, wow. It ouch. really is. Have a good day, sir. You know, I wish you all the best. Would you think I should have clapped back about the teeth? No, I think you should just be like, hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even acknowledge anything. Like when people, I feel like every once in a while, and still, for example, like what happened last week with this video, you know, mm-hmm. people make all kinds of comments and now I just don't even respond. I'm just like, yeah. look, this is who I am. I put it all out there. I'm going to, I'm sure. I, I think too, what's crazy is people begin to set you up like that you're never going to disapp- disappoint them. And it's sure. like, we're all humans. Like well, everyone is always going to be. after. 30 Weight Watchers points, because I would have been all over them chompers, okay? Yo, yo, let me tell you something. He's lucky he caught me at the coffee machine and not at the cocktail bar. One for the ditch. If I was in that ditch mode, oh, I would have been all up in his mouth. He would have went straight to the dentist. (laughs) He would have went straight and started to go fund me to get them teeth Well, that's crazy. Does that stuff mess with you? Does that, do you feel like you take it personally? Like, you're like, oh, God, have I gained weight? Usually I don't, but to be honest, I was... crazy part is I go to the gym at my office and that's where my trainer comes yeah and I was going to the gym that afternoon so I was trying to avoid the guy because I didn't want him to think that his comment about the bonbons made me go to the gym I was already going to the gym so then all that stuff comes into play and that's really not how I flow I usually don't even think about anybody else's stuff when I'm in my flow well, I feel like it's good that you're honest because I think most people do. It impacts you. And for years, I felt the same way. I would I, I would just cling on to what people said. Like mm-hmm. when I was on the radio and then I first started working at Fox, people would tweet me all the time and they'd be like, oh, my God, you'd be so pretty if you just lost 20 pounds. Mm. And you're like what who would write or like i i don't know i wore some belt one time and some guy tweeted me and he's like i didn't know they put santa on tv and you're like yeah oh my god i used to get that stuff all the time which is how i started mindful 
eating and living therapy. And so, and that brings us to this, because I want to know, do mm-hmm. you think, and I preach about mindfulness all the time, and I love living all natural. Like, I try to eliminate as many chemicals as I can in my life, because I feel like it's all about balance, right? Like, I use full chemical makeup, because it's hard to find chemical-free makeup, but then lots of times I use skincare items that have very few chemicals in them. Sure. So I always feel like it's about moderation, right? right? But I got some interesting comments when we posted that video that people were like, how do you justify being mindful and all natural and then getting Botox and lip injections? Yeah, but you're not like, you don't own a company that is, this is Sarah Frazier of the Mindful Living Network. No, I mean, you're talking about, you're, you're sharing. Oh, I want to. Your <laughs> life experiences. I know you'd be so rich. You could get all the Botox you ever wanted in life. <laughs> no, but I mean, you share your experiences and you're very honest about the things that you do. And I think life is all about balance for me because for the right. most part, you know, when you see me in here, I'm eating like beets and I'm drinking like um, carrot juice, juice and all and- that kind of stuff. Like I do that every day. But if I want a old nasty, greasy piece of fried chicken every now and again, I'm going to eat me some damn chicken. Okay. And I might even put some hot sauce on it. Now, do I define myself as a chicken eater with hot sauce? No. I would define myself as, you know, a mindful eater that yeah. eats organic, that eat, you know, a lot of times I'm vegan for a couple of days, <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, I'll cut the dairy out. Sure. But it's all about balance for me. Well, that's what I feel like, too. And I feel like, I hope, I have tried to give people that, that it's all about moderation. It's moderation when it comes to food mm-hmm. and drinking and life and, you know, every single thing. And chemicals are the same way with moderation. And I've always been curious about trying Botox. And I think, I feel like with the statement you said when we first started this show, that that it's more about what's going on on the inside absolutely than what's going on on the outside and i think a lot of people fake it like they're like oh i don't get botox or and i just think that's so phony i would never go out to my audience and go oh yeah this is how my skin looks and not tell them what i do no, like absolutely. i just feel like that's so fake i don't think that there's and i talked about this before on the show i think I started to be a more honest person when I started telling people to mind their own fucking business. Oh, okay? really? Yeah, basically because I found myself, because I'm around so many people all the time, and they're, like, asking me questions about housewives and this and that and just all kinds of things, okay? Some things that I just don't feel like are their business because they're personal things to me. And I used to feel obligated to answer everyone's questions just just out and about. Then I started to realize, shit, I'm becoming a liar. Because in answering questions that I didn't feel comfortable being asked, I came up with an alternative fact. You know, they weren't like hardcore lies, but then there was a lot of alternative facts kind of floating around. So then I finally said, you know, I don't like the way that makes me feel because I drink too much to remember this shit. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I can't remember what the fuck I said. So how about this? Don't ask me anything that is none of your damn business. So we really have to walk people through their place and why they feel the need to judge someone like you that's so open and so honest about so much of your life. I mean, you know, you deserve Oh, to have everything, that please. Moment. We don't even know about Dan. I mean, it's all out there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Dan was like, uh, well, it's so funny because, um, so speaking of that, 
when I got the lip injections and everything, you know, the last show I was telling you about my IUD being in my cervix, so I'm not sure if I'm pregnant, yeah. right? So we, after we get lip injections and Botox, <laughs> take a pregnancy test twice, which I, I'm obviously a slow learner because I failed both of them. I couldn't figure out how to actually accurately do them. Yeah. So I don't know if I got a bad box or whatever. Yeah. Then I get one when I get home because Dan's concern was this was, can you get lip injections and Botox if you're pregnant? And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know that. I didn't even think about that. Which I don't think well, you can, Kim right? Kim Kardashian says that she doesn't do fillers or Botox when she's pregnant. So, I mean, if Kim Kardashian doesn't, then you probably shouldn't either. <laughs> there, sorry, Judge. But there is a little, you know, time where you don't know you're pregnant. So, I, I think know. if you get it then, then it's okay. Which, by the way, the test came back negative that night. So, then mm-hmm. I was all set. So, Dan was like, yeah, Dan's always like, do what you want. You Did know, he what? for a blowjob? No, no blowjob. Wow. Okay. I haven't given one to him yet. With I know. Lips. You might be able to stay in those lips if you, <laughs> you make it good. <laughs> but I have to tell you, so after I got them on the video, I mm-hmm. haven't, I cannot watch the video because needles and just everything freaks me out. But it, none of it hurt. It was super right. pain-free. And the next day, you had said, oh, your lip is really going to hurt. And yeah. I'm like, really? I'm not feeling anything now. <laughs> I wake up the next day, and it felt like I had dental surgery and yeah. had been punched in the face. Like, yeah. my lip was super swollen. It, my gums hurt. Like, the yeah. whole thing. I was like, I'm never doing this again. Now, fast forward <laughs> to almost a week later. I love it. And now I'm like, oh, my God. When do we go again? How long are these going to last? Oh my God, how long how, is this feeling going to last, right? How long? It yeah. actually feels really good. I can totally see why people do it. Well, I think you look great. I don't think it changed anything about you on the inside. You're still that same fabulous person. But don't we all want just a little kind of pep in, in our step from looking in the mirror and being able to feel a bit more inspired by our look? That's why I do so much with my skincare Because I knew yeah. how shitty I felt when I had that cystic acne as a teenager. And people used to make fun of me. And that part doesn't really stay with me. But it's how I felt about looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know if you have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whether it comes to alcohol or food. And you have to check in with yourself. Are you emotionally happy? Like, I always constantly ask myself, right? If I never looked, if I never did any Botox or anything ever again, would I be happy with who I am? And it's like, yeah, I constantly have to bring myself back to the only thing that truly matters in your life is if you're healthy. Because if you don't have your health, and like I've, you know, my mom's been through breast cancer, I lost my dad to cancer, you see what happens when Mm -hmm. someone is robbed of life at a really young age. So it's a gift that I've made it to 35. And so if I never lose another pound, if I never get another lip injection, I will be happy with who I am. I mean, not every day, of course. I think all of us, it's natural you want to look younger or sexier or prettier or taller, whatever. I think that's for years now, that's how the market and the world is marketed to us. But I think you have to stop and check in with yourself all the time. Is what I'm doing making me happy? Absolutely. And for me, I have to say that the check-in for me is is where I am, even in terms of being in, in Washington sometimes. Like, yeah. is this where I'm supposed to be? Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to check a lot of things out, mm-hmm. you know, on that happiness scale. You, <clears throat> you know? constantly do. You constantly mm-hmm. have to check in with yourself and go, is this working for me? And I think the easiest way you can tell if something's not working is your relationships with other people, your sure. relationship with your significant other, your parents, your siblings. I mean, you and I have talked about this. I have girlfriends. I have friends that no matter what, they every relationship ends in disaster. Every, you know, business relationship ends in disaster because they almost are looking for it. Mm -hmm. And no matter how many times we sit and have the conversation of, hmm, maybe this isn't working, they're not ready to change it. Yeah. 
But you know, people give you the signs, don't you think, all the time when something isn't working in your life? I do. Drinking, too. Like, when I used to drink more, people used to react differently, you know? I mean, I knew I had a problem. Like, the way that I felt, and I'd lose an entire weekend, and it was like, do I want to keep going on a Friday night, get wasted, be so hungover for two days, and then come Monday, feel like, oh, my God. I, I got nothing done. I had no me time, you know, and you just have to constantly check in with yourself. Well, I wrote a song inspired by this. What? <laughs> Where Girl, is you it? You know that song. Do you know Hide Your Crazy? Do you have Hide Your Crazy? Hide Your Crazy? Hide no. Hide Your Crazy is I have, a song I'm a model. that I did during when oh I was God. on Housewives. I wrote this song called Hide Your Crazy. It says, your face is fly, your body looks tight, but something ain't right in those eyes. After the club, the smoke has cleared. What? Why you acting this weird? Is you know who you should hide. You're crazy. You know you crazy. So basically, that song is like when you meet somebody at the club and everything look right uh-huh. and the smoke is going, honey, and you on about 25 Weight Watchers points and you <laughs> loving life and you're like, oh my God, this person is amazing. And then you get them to the diner and then the smoke clears. And then, you know, something was weird in their eyes. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yes. Because the shit ain't right. So yes. it's, it's all surface. I love it. That's okay. what that song is about. Can you pull it up? God damn Apple Music. No, it's making me want What about it. Spotify? You don't okay. have Spotify? Maybe I need to. I just Googled Hide Your Crazy. And then the first thing that comes up for you is this Paul Wharton single. But... Where is it on? And actually, you know what your li- you know what your listeners bought after they purchased your song? Um, they bought Paris Hilton. <laughs> Stars are blind. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, excellent. you got to get it whatever that way you can. That is so excellent. Oh my god, I love you so much that people bought you. Here we go. Because you know what? <laughs> You're an amazing... Isn't that funny? You have got to come out with an album. Did you ever... You want to be a singer? No. Oh. I did for fun. You know why I did this? Because I was producing... Hot, you're crazy. I was producing Paul Wharton style, and we were paying... We were licensing music <laughs> from other people, and we were paying licensing fees, and I was like, wait up, Screw hold this. up, stop. I need to write some songs and play my own music on my on my show. Oh my god! So that's why I did it. You are so good. You are gonna have seriously someday. You are gonna have your own album, and you need to like. I feel like you and Paris Hilton need to come out and redo right. Stars Are Blind. Maybe we'll do a duet. That sounds great. Oh my god! Everybody bought Paul Wharton's "Hide Your Crazy" and then this song. Oh my god! I love you so much. Oh my god! Stars Are Blind. I'm gonna download it right now. This is so good. Don't mind. All right. You are in the same category as Paris. That's amazing. One night in Paris, baby. Maybe I'll make a sex tape next. Oh, you and a sex tape would be so good. I release that one until I really need to. <laughs> so that's Here a catchy go. little tune. Did you ever remember this? I bought Mm-mm. this song. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Anyway, there you go. You're in the I same part. You're in the same category. I love it so much. <laughs> um, I want to talk a couple stories. Which yeah. are some stories that you really liked from the past couple of days? 
And, and I also <sighs> wanted to bring in this one, too, about feminism, because the New York Post wrote an interesting article about women and feminism, and women basically miss the point. And, okay. Um, Emma Watson, the actress, is that the minute, you know, you can preach about feminism and wanting equal mm-hmm. rights, but the minute, as a woman, you take your top off, um, men and basically people no longer take you seriously okay. and no longer want to give you those equal rights. And women over the past 15 years or so have come out and gone, no, it's my right to show my body as sure. well. And so this New York Post article is basically going, okay, yeah, you can do that. But the minute you do that, people basically start looking at your tits and they could care less about your message. Do you think that's true for women? I don't women? think it's right. I think it might be true to some that that aren't down with the movement anyway. But I don't think it's right. I think a woman, I mean, to, to be honest, you know, as a man, you know, you can walk around on any beach with your shirt off and, you know, you can yeah. skip down the street. I mean, as a woman, the fact that you have to cover yourself. And most, do you really have to, or is it just socially inappropriate? Well, you know, in D.C., you, it is completely legal to go topless. So a couple women have walked around all day or cycled the city completely topless. So D.C. is a state where you can have your top off, and it's actually, if you walk into a restaurant, it's illegal for them to not serve you. Like, it's, you can be completely topless. But not every state is like that. Some states, you have to be covered up. And I'm, I'm in awe. Really? Yeah, DC. more chicks aren't walking around with their titties out? I don't know. If I had some titties, I'd be walking around with my titties out. I'd be like, look. Well, see, I read this article and I'm like, I don't know. You know, like, I think that's part of the thing is the Kardashians, right? Okay. So they have this empire that basically says that, or a lot of people criticize, that is on nothing. There's no talent there on a sex tape. And now they just use their bodies. Kylie Jenner. It's basically nothing but pimping yourself out at 19. Sure. But is that a talent? And do they have a point? Because they are making millions of dollars. I mm. See, I don't know where to go. Like, we need a feminist expert, I feel like, to talk about this. Because I don't know where to go with this. I feel like women should be able to, you know, share their bodies any way they want. But then again, I think you are judged for that. So I don't know. If more women do it, do we then get rid of the judgment or well, is that not the way to get our message? I think it goes against everything that it means to be a feminist to knock another woman's flow or some might say hustle. So Period. You, know, you have a lot of feminists that are against Kim Kardashian for however she got to where she is but let me tell you something. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> I mean, it at least took an amazing amount of focus and drive and I believe that she is decisive in a lot of her decisions and things that she's done. You know, I hosted a party with Kim Kardashian at the park at 14th. You know the park? Oh, sure. How long? That's amazing. That, that was picture? probably not that long ago. That no, was, send us the photo. That was right before, yeah, you can put it up on Hey Phrase. Yeah. That was right before, um, oh, her show was out. Her show was out, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Do you see it on there? Oh my God, I gotta Google it. Well, I'm still Googling. I wanted to, um... I wanted to find this. But anyway, um, the guy who owns the park, um, uh, Mark, he called me up and he says, look, I've got a thing I want you to do. I want you to be Kim Kardashian's date tonight. I brought her in to host this event. I need you to be her date. So I literally, he sent a car for me. I waited outside in the car. Her car pulled up. I got in her car. We pulled to the right in front of the park. We got in the car together. We held hands. We took pictures in front. And then we walked (sighs) through the whole club. She didn't drink. She hardly said anything she was super sweet 
But she really is shy at that time. She was really a shy girl. That's amazing that they parlayed that into, like, so much. Because now you don't think of her as shy at all. No, and I don't think she'd do those same kind of gigs anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I'm Meanwhile, we're like, hey, Park. <laughs> <laughs> well, this article was written by a woman, Naomi Schaefer-Riley. And she says, the next time Emma Watson's uh, The United Nations Women Goodwill Ambassador gives a speech at the UN, I'd like her to try an experiment. Ask the folks gathered there for a show of hands. How many of them would like to see her breasts. Now look around. Do you notice that almost all of the hands raised belong to men? Yes, that's right. When women decide to remove their shirts, the people who enjoy it most are men. And by the way, Emma, you might want to wait till the end of your speech to do this, because here's the thing. Once you take off your shirt, men do not pay attention to anything you're saying. And I would love, I mean... Do you think that's totally true? Like, of I mean, you're a very open-minded man. Yeah. But do you think in general most men, the minute you take your shirt off, that's really all they care about? Well, people, you know, in general are sexual. You know, right. Across the board. But it's really interesting. I had just talking about gender and, and um, being a feminist. My friend, Miss Lawrence, was here over the weekend. Miss Lawrence is on. Where did Miss where 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 Lawrence get his, his fame? Yeah. Okay, so Miss is now on. He plays Miss Bruce on uh, the show called Star, which is on Fox, primetime with yeah, Queen Latifah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, but Miss Lawrence got to start on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And he was a hairstylist to Sheree and a few of the other women. He became the friend. He kind of took over where Dwight left off, and then he was on that show. Then he got Fashion Queens on Bravo. So he and Derek J and Bevy Smith, they hosted that show. Is that show still on? No, it's not on anymore. Ugh. And then he got a, um, a quick flash on Empire, and then from there, now he's on Star. So he's really doing his thing. So Miss Lawrence is not transgender. He considers himself gender nonconforming. So, oh, okay. Which basically means that he does not, he, he's a gender nonconforming man, which is kind of like, okay, oh, so that's I interesting. Nonconform, but he's a gender nonconforming man. So he's, he just flows through that. He doesn't assign himself to being a he or a she, but you could refer to him as a he or a she. Wow. He's nonconforming. Yeah. No okay. labels, baby. No labels. But he also said, I brought him onto the show on Monday. He did Fox 5, and he was set, he called himself a feminist on the show. He said, as a feminist, and he was making a point about that. So, you know, um, it, it's just really interesting how we're in a time in our lives where we're all defining what it means, what gender roles mean to us. To each person. To each person. And it's a kind of a personal thing, right? I think it is a personal thing, yeah. And I, I just, I mean, I think this is obviously one woman's opinion, and maybe other women listening to this podcast will just think it's a woman hating on Emma Watson. But I don't know. I always wonder about that, too, because I'm always like, oh, yeah. I, well, I when we be first like... saw images of feminists, uh, I mean, well, when I first saw, maybe in the 60s, looking back in the 60s, and you would see the women, you know, with their fist up and with their shirts off, I mean, that was a very powerful image. So... How come now, why does it mean something else now when they take their shirt off? I don't know. Good question. Um, but the article goes on to basically say looking at beautiful bodies is delightful for both men and women, but it shouldn't be confused with an act of liberation that's rooted in feminism. And yet these days, lots of celebrities like to demonstrate how, quote, empowered they are as feminists by taking their clothes off. Um, 
they say uh, Beyonce, this is her article, Beyonce has writhered provocatively under a sign that says feminist during her shows. And don't even get me started on the feminist protesters who have decided that the best way to get attention for their cause is taking their shirts off and writing obscenities on their skin. According to the defenders of this disrobing, it shouldn't matter who is watching. As a columnist for E! News asked, what happened to the importance of being comfortable in your own skin? What happened to a woman having confidence in her choices and being the only judge that matters when it comes to what she does or doesn't share with the public? I agree with that one. I do agree. Um, But the geniuses leading the feminist movement are not helping. If feminists are meant to celebrate every woman's choice, then we have to celebrate literally every woman's choice. Absolutely. Uh, Which is why feminists are good with plural marriage, legalized prostitution, Fifty Shades of Grey, and plenty of other cultural markers that also just happen to have Neanderthal men happy. Apparently, even Watson herself used to worry about whether all of this stripping was such a great idea and whether it wasn't just the teeniest bit exploitive or exploitative. I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Because... Well, as a woman, how do you feel? Well, I read this article and I can see it both... I can see it both ways because I think here's the thing. I think we should be able to take our shirts off like men do. And, you know, I think if a guy is online in his underwear, basically he's being provocative, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's selling his hotness. Yes. And I think the same thing goes for a woman. You're you're selling your body. I mean, I think the Kardashians use sex to their advantage sure. because that's what their brand is based on. Absolutely. So... I don't know, but then I can understand what she's saying is like, if you want to be taken seriously, isn't there a point where you don't want to be judged on your beauty, you want to be judged on your actual talent? And that. Well, I just don't want to be judged. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? I don't want to be judged it's on true. any of that shit. It's true. Don't and drink you... that water, something's floating in it. Oh. <laughs> it's probably my contact or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You're about to eat your eyeballs in there. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. This See, I'm looking out for you. Am you, I a feminist now? You are a feminist. <laughs> of course I am. You can always email us to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at HeyFrage.com. I love hearing people's opinions. And I've got several emails I've got to go through because people are loving this new one-hour-long-plus format. Oh, I love it. Um, or you can call us and leave a message that we'll play back. 207-613-6695 is the website. I also saw this story and I thought, oh my God, this could happen to us. Did you see the, the uh, tri-custody arrangement that happened in New York? That's a first. Like three people had a threesome relationship and now a judge has awarded all of them custody of the kid, of their 10-year-old kid. Okay, but the, <laughs> the one woman, mm-hmm. she's still liable for the kid and she didn't have Nara Nickel in that dime. Right. So it's a husband and wife. Right. They live upstairs in this apartment building. Right. This woman li- moves in downstairs. They all kind of mm-hmm. start this three-person relationship, right? Okay. Then the woman downstairs moves upstairs with them. Okay. But the two women decide, screw the guy, Michael. He's out. Oh. He's out. We're kicking him I out. Know you- okay. And the two women start having a relationship together, and they take the child. And Michael goes, no, fuck Wait, you. I fathered that kid. So Michael fathered. Michael with his wife? No, with the other woman, the Shit. downstairs apartment, because his wife couldn't have a baby. She was not fertile. Okay. So it's Michael's biological kid and then the, the woman that lived in the downstairs apartment. Mm-hmm. Michael and his wife get divorced. Now the two women are together, but Michael files for custody. So then the woman that's not the biological mom also goes, well, I want custody, too, because now I'm living with this kid. I went to all the doctor's appointments, plus this woman is now my partner. I, like, helped spend the cost, you know, cut the cost. You know, she was on our insurance. So the judge has now awarded them basically threesome 
t- th- you know, a third, a third, a third in custody of this. That's and the two really women are still together. Well, I mean, you know, you see a lot of couples. Is that crazy? It's kind of crazy. I mean, I've obviously seen couples where the, the new step-parent adopts the child, but usually that child doesn't really have a relationship with their mother or father that is no longer in the picture. So I have never seen one quite like this. Um, this could be our future. This could be our future. <laughs> I mean, listen, the decisions you make, because, I mean, my friend Sherry Shepard, you know, about her situation. Yes. Are you friends with Sherry Shepard? Of course. How do we not know this? You don't know I'm friends with Sherry Shepard? Oh, my God. We got to go through her. your phone and oh just randomly call phone, who you know. Oh, it would be a whole situation. But, you know, her situation with her husband, Sal, who I never liked, is her ex-husband. I, this man could not look me in my face. But, Paul, people don't like Sherry. Like, she's a what? really bad. Yes. People sided with him. They feel they like Sherry abandoned the kid. Oh, please. He, what? Listen, from the time he met her, he claimed to be some script writer or something. Oh, okay. allegedly. Okay, all this shit is alleged. <laughs> Before I get my ass sued. <laughs> no, he claimed to be some kind of script writer. Okay, they were on hiatus. It wasn't pilot season. So he wasn't working and she was on The View and all this kind of stuff. They met at Nisi Nash's house, who's also a friend of mine. So they start dating and she, you know, he comes to the East Coast. They ha- They get married this big talk, oh, I feel so safe. Oh, I just feel so... I don't know what it was about women on The View getting married to men. They're all... It never works out. Do you remember when Star Jones Ooh, got is married? a curse. Oh, my God, yes. Kyle Reynolds, Star. who actually saw at Sirius XM. And we, he's running this, like, <laughs> Star Jones ex-husband thing. He does? I mean, he's still like, oh, my God. You know, people remember want what? selfies with him. I'm like, for what? Because he's uh, Star Jones' ex-husband? I don't even know if, if I would know what he looks like anymore. I went to do uh, Bevelations on Sirius XM in New York City a few weeks ago, remember? Yes. And he was there in the studio, and people were like, oh, Al Reynolds is here. I'm Who like, cares? oh, my gosh. But I remember when Star Jones came on to The View with a shirt that said Mrs. Reynolds, and it was like this big thing. He turns out that he's allegedly not into the girls. <laughs> So, fast forward a few years, Sherry Shepard's on The View. She's picked this guy that is supposed to be some great screenwriter, and he's her good... Please. Oh, he's taking care of... Oh, he's so tall and so big. But she became his... You know how I say when the twink becomes a sugar daddy? Yes. She became the sugar mama. And then they end up having a surrogate, right? Carry their child? Wasn't that how it went down? But her egg was not in that mix. So that's why Sherry basically then said, I'm not going to pay child support. Because he went after her, right, for child support of that kid? She didn't carry the kid. It's not her egg. They were split up by the time this woman was Right, I remember that. Okay. And he moved to L.A. But you don't think, do you, okay, really, you don't think she should have taken that kid? She should have taken the kid? Yeah. Why? It was his sperm. Well, it was his sperm, and then who was it, the donor's egg? The donor's egg, and then somebody else carried it, I think, or else it was the same person. So why did Sherry never use her eggs? They just weren't fertile? They couldn't be... I don't really know all that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Now you go. Mayday. Mayday. Cut to commercial. Cut to commercial. Look. Oh, I am so fascinated by that because Sherry's gotten a ton of well, hate you know for that, for not taking that, that kid regardless. Because that man is an able body, you know... You know, whatever. He's an able-bodied man. He's living in L.A. Carry your ass to the job and go on over there and punch the clock at 9 and punch out at 5 and get your check and take care of your own damn kid. You know? I mean, she's That's paying so- a ton of child support for this child that she has no real connection or relation to. And when people break up, okay, suppose it's like this. 
I come into your life, you already have it. You have a kid, okay? Okay, okay. That kid biologically isn't connected to me. And we've seen it happen in celebrity relationships. I come into your life, we get married. I'm the kid's stepfather. It's happening on Real Housewives of Atlanta with Cynthia and Peter right now. Oh, really? Okay. Well, because she has a daughter. Oh, right. Noelle, that's close with Peter or was. Was. You know, he left and he's like, okay, I'm out. That's not my kid. Right. You know, so, I mean, that kind of things hap- thing happens. People do walk away from children that aren't really theirs. Well, my mom got divorced uh, recently. I don't think I've ever even recently? said that on the uh, podcast. Yeah, my mom got divorced from my stepfather. They were together like 15 or 16 years. And um, see, I don't know. I feel like it's how close you are to your step-parents. Like, yeah. My stepfather's a really nice guy, but we never He's were nice really guy. close. Why get divorced? I know you don't want to talk about this, but... Oh, no, I don't care. I... I... <laughs> <laughs> At this stage in, in their life, why would they get divorced? If yeah, because they're cl- they're seventy years old. They're seventy they years. They're close divorce. to seventy years. Old. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My mom's like, fuck it. I'm I'd going out on my own. I would miss, he'd marry somebody else, and I wouldn't get his pension or something. I'd just stick in there. <laughs> well, my mom actually ends up getting more pension from her from my dad okay. than she did with my stepfather. Oh, so, okay. Are you now on board with I'm the divorce? Totally on board with him. <laughs> <laughs> but so she, you know, I think they realized after 15, 16 years, things had been rocky from the start with them. They mm. they always kind of got along, but they were never really in love. And I think year three or four, they realized we don't really have anything in common. My mom wants to travel. My stepdad doesn't. You know, my stepdad kind of wants to just have a farm and raise goats. My mom's over it. Um, and, you know, my mom likes to do different things all the time. My stepfather, like the same thing would be fine. He still works all the time. My mom, you know, is, wants to really retire and have adventure and exercise size and my stepdad's not into it wow who moved well they're selling their house right now so is it a farm it's a ranch it's a farm yep so all the animals are gone so people are always like i know i want to have my mom on this podcast but i'm kind of waiting for all that to like all the dust to settle and everything because she wants to start raising rabbits so i think it'd be hysterical (laughs) (laughs) i didn't mean to choke i just what happened i just choked I hey, what is your life, Sarah? <laughs> she's raising rabbits. Well, she wants to, but now she's she's going to wait because hopefully they'll sell their house. But I think they'll always be friends. They still live together. They get on fine. But I think, like, the day-to-day or the weekends, you know, after you kind of check in on somebody, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And the only thing they have in common is going out to eat. That's like it. Well, you know, it's <laughs> interesting. Like, my mom is still married to her husband, her my stepfather. Oh, yeah? And, you know, they just built a new house in Delaware, but... It's kind of like he's very similar to your stepfather in a way where he always likes to stay home. She wants to go out. Would it be wrong of me <laughs> to do a profile for my mom, create a profile on my time, and and basically get her a companion that would take her out to eat and all the stuff she loves to do with me, but someone that could take her out even though she's still married to my stepfather? I think that's fine. I just want, I mean, I don't How? think they're going to be jumping around on each other or anything. Just somebody to take her out and travel with her, and he'll be the man and open the door and stuff like that. Does your mom have any interest? Like, my mom's sort of over it right now. She's like, I don't care if I ever find anybody. I've been married twice. I've now I've been in two marriages for, you know, 35 years. I'm, I'm over it. I'm good. I'll find things to do. Is your mom, like, do you think she wants somebody, or is she kind of over it, too? She doesn't. I mean, she's fine with my stepfather, okay? But, uh... <laughs> Hang on, just, can you mute this? Thing? Can you, can you, okay. cut, a, can you oh, cut a commercial? Here, no, I'm just kidding. Let me play some stars no, no, or no, 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 I know, right? No, but um, she is. But I think that the same thing could happen with a friend. If I, she mm. just moved to a new state. But like right now, she's finally hanging out with her neighbors in the neighborhood. I was actually going there last weekend to Delaware. 
and I yeah, call you my take very good care of her. You go really often. But I called my stepfather. I was on the way to the Bay Bridge, and I never tell her I'm coming. I just show up. Um, and he's like, you just missed your mom. She went to a fashion show in a winery. Honey, I was like, exit, BMW, go. Okay, I did a, I did a wheelie. I did a U-turn and headed right back to the city. I said, oh, she's got a friend? She's cool. Let me let her play with her friends. Because I was going there to make sure she had a fun Saturday night. Right. But I really, you know, I could have had a fun Saturday night sitting in my house. So, no, I looped it on around and just let her hang out with her friends. So she's meeting people now. Oh, in her good. own neighborhood. And so, no, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man because she's married, but it could be just she needs some good friends to hang out with because she loves to go have cocktails and go to yeah. wineries and, you know, laugh and have fun. But it is tough. Like, don't you feel, do you feel like some guilt? Like, I, thankfully, my brother and niece live in Maine. So I'm like, okay, thank God my mom will, like, have them. But if I didn't have them, I'd feel like, oh, I mean, you must feel a great responsibility to go see her often and make sure she's okay. I do, especially because the way uh, it's been the last few years, like my mom, when she lived in Maryland, was like my constant companion to all these events. And we go right. red carpet stuff and, you know, everybody's, oh, you're Paul's mom. And she's drinking the champagne and she's laughing and dipping on the dance floor and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, the idea in her head sounded great, you know, getting this house and go and moving to Delaware. Oh, but, but now. But she got up there and it's kind of like. Okay, all right. Well, we're in here. <laughs> now what? You know, in the first couple of weekends, I went every weekend, but then real life happened, and I can't be going to Delaware every weekend. Oh, no, no, you know? no. I totally get that. I feel I like... I should be on my third ex-husband. I've got work to do. <laughs> it just occurred to me. I just had a hot flash a few minutes ago. I'm like, oh, my God. I should be on my third ex-husband. Now, you go to a lot of sport sporting events. And, you know, the, the past week, have you been following all the drama with the Redskins? Mm-mm. Do you like NFL or you prefer NBA? I prefer NBA. Uh, yeah. I No, I understand. I went to some, um, t- whatever they call them, um, oh, Big Ten basketball games because mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dan's a Michigan State alum. Oh, nice. So we went to those last Friday and Grant Hill was there. Those players are really good looking. I was like, oh, I got to go are. to more NBA games. But anyway, um, uh, this was some depressing news that I had read that Warren Buffett almost bought the Redskins, the Washington Redskins. He, he'd made a decision about 25 years ago that he was either going to move to Omaha and make that his base or Washington, D.C and he chose Omaha so he didn't buy the Washington Redskins but I read that and I was like so sad that we were so close to having like a dynasty franchise team if he had won and instead we get Dan Snyder who by the way have you ever met him that troll I have I've been in his box God okay well maybe you want to say good things I've been in his box (laughs) (laughs) he needs somebody in his box because that asshole tell me what what happened with him well the Redskins it's like terrible over the past week they've basically they got rid of Scott McLuhan who was their manager that all these players reportedly loved Okay. Um, and now they're putting out all these words and apparently he did have a drinking problem and I think I don't know if he ever actually stopped drinking but um, Redskins management Dan Snyder and Mm -hmm. crew are putting out basically that he you know really fell off the wagon and then the real story maybe is actually McLuhan didn't get along with Dan Snyder and the other general manager because Mm. he wouldn't go along with everything that they said wow and so they basically exactly everybody can but they're so full of shit and now we're gonna never have a winning team Damn, what about Kirk Cousins? Is he still there? He's staying, yeah, he's, he's staying. staying. Okay. But, you know, then they've also, like, dicked him around, and it's just so, it's always such a mess, and they're never going to be a winning team until Dan Snyder finally is forced to sell. So there's a great boycott going around, which I'm boycotting the Redskins. I'm done. Let me tell you something. You are so butch in this moment. <laughs> 
she's telling this story, like, she sits back in the chair. I mean, if you had a cigar, this would be perfect. You are so into this. I see why they think that you sway the other way. I totally get it. You know what I mean? I like sports. I don't know. I know. Oh, I definitely am part gay. Why don't you do some sports over there at Fox 5? Um, I don't know, because I really don't know. Like the, I, I get like the kind of highlights mm-hmm. of it, and, but I enjoy a little. You know, I enjoy sporting events, but well, I, I don't know. know. Just by talking to you today, okay. I don't know anything about the NFL. <laughs> Really? Oh, we got to go to more games. Yeah. Well, and I also wanted to share this story with you because I thought it was so fitting for all of us and mm-hmm. our, our um, listeners. But Warren Buffett gave his 10 best pieces of advice. And I read this Ooh. list and I was so, I thought this was really, really great. On what? How to get rich? Um, on what? Well, actually, yeah, I think this says a lot on how to get rich. Uh, number or this is in no particular order, okay? Um, hang out with people better than you and you'll drift in that direction. Do you do that? I think I do. Um, that was his number 10 top thing. Um, then he also says, I know I, I want to hang out with, well, I think I'm starting to, but I, maybe I don't always, we need to, I need to I attach think they're myself. Better, but they're definitely richer. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Money can't change how many people love you or how healthy you are. Um, the Buffettism is all about work-life balance, which we talked about mm-hmm. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We all know people who neglect their families and health in pursuit of the almighty dollar, and it doesn't end up working out. They end up very sad. Hmm. You th- agree with that one? Yeah, that it's going to be work like uh, what the wise do in the beginning, fools do in the end. Buffett uh, Buffett quotes Buffett's quote brings to mind the Boy Scout motto: "Be prepared when you set out to accomplish a, go- a goal. Do your research first and lay the proper groundwork to succeed." Um, so they say, if you do that first, it'll be much better off. You agree with that? I do agree with that. Okay. Then they also say never ask a barber if you need a haircut. No matter who you are dealing with, remember to consider motives of any person sitting across the table from you. Virtually everyone has their own agenda. I totally agree with and that. And I get so caught up in that. I yeah. I forget that. There you go. He's, he's speaking to you. I know Freak he is. Casa. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I insist on a lot of time being spent to just sit and think. Do you do that? He says his best ideas come to him in silence, and more people need to take quiet time away from others and really think about what you truly want. You get, do you get silent a lot? I to be in the Amen Choir, but I do all this stuff. You do? That's great. I will sit there. Sometimes if I have the TV on, I'm like, what the hell am I doing with this damn TV on? Turn this thing off. i got to get my thoughts together. <laughs> You know, and I will just sit there and and get really quiet. Actually, that's advice my mom gives me. She says, get quiet, get real quiet. She says that all the time. Oh, that's so good. Settle all this shit down and come on and figure it out. He says, you only have to do a very few things right in your life so long as you don't do too many things wrong. I thought this was good. Uh, in Winning Ugly, tennis coach and author Brad Gilbert asserts that most the most successful tennis players are the ones who make the least mistakes on the court. This works in life, too. You don't need to reinvent the wheel or be the smartest person in the room. Just avoid dumb mistakes. Interesting. You think that's good? And the last one, if you buy things you don't need, soon you will have to sell things you need. I thought this one was wow. really good. Okay, hold up. i got to write that down. <laughs> Is that Did one? You are say, you doing you that buy, one? As, as I'm getting this notification, <laughs> For these jets. Most of us are guilty of accumulating <laughs> unnecessary stuff. Do you really need another pair of designer shoes or that expensive handbag or another golf club? If you buy things you don't need, soon you will have to sell things you need. Mm. Wasn't that so good? That's really a good one. Oh, my God. If I love. If you buy things you don't need, soon you will have to sell things you need. Yeah, that was number one. I thought that Oof. was so good. Some a little bit of some highlights there. Send me that link, please. <laughs> I will. I 
I'm going to put that on my vision board. Put that one on your vision board. I will. Um, also, Hater. Did you? I don't think we talked about that. That uh, new dating app, Hater, that connects you to people based on your the things you dislike. Did you know Mm-mm. that? You know that uh, new app? Okay. No, well, there's I don't a think new. I like that. I know, right? Doesn't it seem super negative? Yeah. Well, there's a new app out called Hater, and essentially it will connect you with people just based on stuff, like I mentioned, that you guys hate. And DC in the D.C. area, 4,000 single people have signed up for Hater. And do you have any guesses as to what the top things in the D.C. area are that connect people that they hate? Um, what do you think? Oh, boy. Metro? Uh, yeah. Oh, Metro, Traffic. that's a really good guess. Traffic would be a good guess, too. Um... Lines at clubs. Mm. Do you hear that? Is this is this your jet notification? Yeah. I'm like, what is it this says, doorbell? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Does it really? Well, it says, it tells you what's available, like what's coming up. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Well, um, so far, none of those are in the top ten. Here are the top ten things that people hate in the D.C. area. That is uniting people and bringing them in love. Number one, the Confederate flag. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking more D.C. centric stuff. Well, it does. It kind of gets there. Uh, number nine was littering. Oh, Do people litter anymore? Well, okay, I'm on board with this. Maybe I'm a hater. Tramp stamps was number eight. Okay. Do well, you hate tramp? I am so indifferent. I Who care. cares about a tramp stamp? Um, mansplaining was number seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, six was 9-11 truthers. Oh, Jesus. You got any friends that believe 9-11 conspiracies? Okay, you just made me. <laughs> Irene's dad. If I had a hard on about this app, I just lost it. I mean, <laughs> number five, this might be DC centric meetings that should be emails. Okay. All right, we can I'm all agree that. on that one. Number four is people who block the whole escalator. That's kind of a DC thing. Number three, these people sound so lame, by the way. Number three was people that don't vote. Number two was Mel Gibson. And number one was Uber surge pricing. Number one thing that's uniting people on Hater app in D.C. is Uber surge pricing. These yeah, people sound lame. It's annoying, but it's got to happen. It's, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I actually. <sighs> I refuse Their to. Their headquarters is here? Their ops headquarters. Oh. Is Uber's ops headquarters are here? Oh, my God. We should be going there and breaking a story. They should be sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we're all about it. Well, you know what? You should, look, you should be selling some shit to them. What's wrong with you? Irene. Get reaching out. Irene. I know. She, she has a lip injection addiction. Yeah, She's thank you. Lip injections, Irene, and Botox. We need you to sell shit. <laughs> Get you. out there, Irene. Now, I know I talked about women and fe- feminism earlier in this podcast. Do you think it would be awful for me to sign up for a pre-list to see Misha Barton's sex tape? Is that, uh, like, very anti-feminism? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm down you for you. are supporting another woman. Am I? Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I'm obsessed with celebrity sex tapes. I've seen every single one. Now, what's her thing? She just kind of... Fell from grace. What's happening with her? Well, I think here's the also shady part is she might, she's like bipolar. So she may have some mental health issues. And now an ex-boyfriend, who she says is a disgusting pig, is now shopping around their sex tape to various uh, porn distribution sites. And apparently he's getting $500,000 plus. And there will be, well, if she wants in on this, she she can do two things. Get on board and get paid for it. Or try and sue him. Which is what Kim did. And Paris. And Paris. Right. Or you can start trying to sue these places and sue the ex-boyfriend. But what do you really get out of it? Like, they're still going to release it. 
Then they I'd might pull board. it. Would you get on board? If it's just straight sex and no real kinky weird shit, I'd get on board. I haven't heard any details. I just hear that it is definitely them like having sex in multiple places. Would that be fine with you? Like, sure. What if it were kink? Then would you sue or would you have it out there? Well, it depends on what position I'm playing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't like a sex tape of mine out, but I, shit, if it was out there, I'd want to. I want a little my taste. I mean, really? You know? Yeah. I I feel like what are you going to do? So there's no word. She apparently says she's absolutely disgusted by it, and at this point, doesn't want to get on board. She's trying to stop it from being released. Um, but he's got a copy of it, and he essentially owns the rights to also put it out there. Well, I mean, when you make these tapes... I just feel bad now. I feel like now, can you really watch these sex tapes and then, like, be pro-women, you know? But you're basically watching this woman. I guess if she profits from it, then, yeah, I'm helping another woman. Absolutely. Okay, good. Now I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, hey, do you think... You know what I thought was interesting? What? Tell me, yes. One of these stories, actually, the the pack of uh, stunning motorcycle riders. Yes! Pull that up. That's interesting, because when I lived in New York... A few years ago, there was a huge story, and it terrified the crap out of me. Did it? So I lived um, on 53rd Street between 10th and 11th in a building that was right uh, right at the Hudson River. So the West Side Highway was coming just past my place, and it would go on up. Oh, sure. Well, there was a couple in a Range Rover... It was black. No, I'm just <laughs> I just remember all this. But um, an Asian couple, actually, in a black Range Rover, just not to confuse anybody, um, going up the West Side Highway, they had their baby in the back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was a pack of motorcycles around them, and, and the motorcycles thought that the guy driving the Range Rover tried to cut one of them off. So they start to swarm the car. Yeah. They get around the car, and they come to a stop. Yes. And the car is stopped, and then a guy jumps off the motorcycle and comes back and tries to, like... Oh, starts smashing the window. And I think, didn't they drag the guy out and they, beat him up? Like, they beat his ass? He, the guy in the Range Rover guns it oh, and runs over. That's right. They don't get him out of the car. He runs no, over end, one of him. the bikers. Oh, they, they do? They follow him all the way up to the Bronx, and he gets stopped in traffic. And we're all watching this like, no, no. It's like the worst nightmare. Like, you're driving on the highway. You don't know which way to go. Oh, my gosh. Should I go off on this exit? The guy gets off on the exit, and, of course, it's New York City. He's stopped in traffic, and they go, and they bust the window open, and they pull the guy out and beat him. I mean, it was like... This big, terrifies big you. It terrifies me. So would you ever... It's so funny you say this. Because one of the videos that I want us to do, you know, Paul and I want to do more things together, is I thought we could do a ride out on what, with one of these, like, bikers, like you and me, on an ATV and see what it would be like to just, like, why these kids do it. Because the kid, the people here in D.C. say, like, that they're doing it, you know, they could be in gangs and all this stuff, but instead uh-huh. they've united together over dirt bikes and ATVs. So I thought you and I should do a ride out one night. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, I could you imagine an... you on your dirt bike and me on yeah. my ATV? TV. Well, I had an ATC when I was growing up, the three-wheeler with you the big wheels. Did? Yes, honey. I was the hottest one in the neighborhood. I've always had a car. <laughs> I've always had transportation. Always had tra- <laughs> I mean, I had to go. I mean, I used to be like eight to nine years old. I would drive that thing to the gas station and get gas. I mean, you know, I should have got taken the pail up with my mom, but I would sneak and just drive it right down the road. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we had like Those a were so dangerous. The- so n- to answer your question, no. Oh, we're I think this video going, would be hilarious. We're not riding with the pack. We're not doing that. Okay. 
No, we're not. Well, they say as spring is just around the corner, more ATV riders are going to be heading out on the streets. And here's the problem here in our area, San Francisco, New York. The hardest thing is police have the issue of not engaging in them with high-speed chases. And then all these bike riders, because they're on these, like, quick little dirt bikes, are able to get away quickly in alleys and everything where police have to then get out on foot and try and chase them, and they get away. So it's really hard for police to actually arrest them. So now law enforcement has put out various... um, I guess, instructions, if you will, on how to protect yourself if you find yourself in one of these swarms. You know, there's a real art to this, though. These guys, like, they do all these wheelies. Now, how many people are getting hurt? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I that. I don't know. Like, if... here in D.C., you'll see sometimes a big swarm of the riders. And yeah. And I'm wondering, like, are they running over pedestrians? Are they themselves getting hurt when they're doing the wheelies and all that? Like, the... I think more they get hurt. And there is the possibility. I mean... I would say you're right. Probably a handful of people have been hurt either by run over um, by an ATV or a dirt bike on the sidewalk. Um, Here's some of the things that they say. If you find yourself on the beltway or on some major highway in a high speed or in an incident where they begin to swarm you, they say try and get off at the next exit. Call 911, but don't do anything that would put yourself or others in danger. Um, if you want to try to do something, be a good witness. Take uh, notes on the motorcycles involved. Can you get a plate number if there actually is one? The style, the markings on the helmets. Watch them for a while. Um, bikers' clothing. Get as much detail as you can. Do not try to record the bikers with your smartphone if you're driving. Although such footage can be useful evidence in building a case against a biker, um, they say driving, that's putting yourself in danger and other drivers. Also urge passengers to use caution when recording bikers as to not provoke a confrontation. Now, would you allow them to swarm you? Sure. Or would you, you know what? I mean, what? I give up. Well, I think here's the thing. You wouldn't you try can... to outrun them? No. Well, I mean, it's a bunch of kids <laughs> from Prince George's County on some dirt bikes. I'd oh. roll down the window. I'd be like, hey, can I ride on the back? How do you know County? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, fine. From Montgomery County, actually in Virginia. I think they are. I think a lot of them come up from Virginia and Mm -hmm. then do rideouts. I think they are just doing it for attention most of the time. But I think if you roll down the window and tell them to fuck themselves and how awful they are and you guys are nothing but troublemakers, then they're going to want to beat your ass. I put that twin turbo on their ass. (laughs) Tell you that. You want to go for a ride today? I'm taking you for a ride today. You want to outrun them? Oh, hell yeah. That's why I got a twin turbo V8. No, I would try to be as white as possible. Mm -hmm. I'd put the hazards on. I'd be like, they made me do it. I had to hit 160. <laughs> I would. I would no. outrun them. I'd wave. Hey, guys. <laughs> you want to be on my podcast? on the podcast. I think we should really do a ride out. I'm dead serious. Who's listening to this podcast that's got a ride out? Oh, goodness. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the audience. I think it is. Wouldn't you want to know? I want to know I'll why do they a do it. along the side. I want to know why they do it. Yeah, well, me too. I don't want to be on the back where they're popping wheelies. Yeah. But, you know, DC Bike Life or Bike Life, have you ever hashtagged that? It's like mm-hmm. a whole movement. Okay. I want to know more about that. Hey, are you in a dirt bike uh, ride out group? Will you email us, Sarah at HeyFrage.com? That sounds awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to tell the story. <laughs> HeyFrage featuring Paul Wharton solely. Hi, guys. We're back. Yes, unfortunately, we just, um, you know, we sent her away nice. She, she really wanted to do that story, and she rode out on Into the Sunset. So, uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to be doing one day I a week. Irene will have to step in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really want to try it. I'd be so sad. Come on now. Uh, any last stories or topics you want to talk about before we, we take off for our lunch? 
Um, well, it's interesting. Ooh, do dish. Speaking of uh, drunk with power, yeah. you know, the earlier conversation, I have a friend, okay? She's very wealthy, and I'm actually the godfather of one of her daughters. So we're really good friends. Okay. And she finds herself in a bit of a pickle at the moment, and I'm going to share. because Ooh, I, think, I love when you, you know, share. Because okay. I'm involved in this, and... Um, so she has, she throws a lot of parties. She has this big holiday party every year. Oh, I think she I know who it is. all out at, okay. this, at her holiday party because okay. she lives out in Potomac and she's got a big whole block she lives on. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny. Anyway, so she is like the list Nazi with this holiday party. And for most of the years, of course, I'm on the inside. So I hear her kind of talking to the people that work with her on planning this party, who's another friend of ours. Um, and she's picking, like, okay, this person should be invited, this one shouldn't be invited. No real rhyme or reason. There are people that she's in fine relationships with, but she she leaves people off the list, almost. Wait, did you tell me the story? Didn't she leave you off the list recently or she something? She left me off the list. Yes. For her holiday party. Right. This past year, right? This, this past okay. Christmas. But, however, friends of mine who she doesn't know very well and who she has talked about like a dog, okay, like a dog, uh, she put on the list. So she's saying that then my good friend Erica Gutierrez, who was invited to the party, called me up and said, hey, she published the list and I don't see you on this. Did she tell you about the holiday party? I said, no, she didn't. So my friend claimed there was another list that nobody that nobody saw and I was on that list. So the day of the party she sent me a text saying, I see you have an RSVP to the party. Oh well. So now I respond, don't even try that bullshit with me. I know you're a list Nazi. Don't even try it. You know you did not invite me to your party. Have fun. I got other plans. She says, Of course you're invited to the party. You weren't on the published list. You were on the other list. So do you do so what ended up happening? Well, what ended up happening is, of course, I didn't go because I have self-respect. But, you know, uh, my goddaughter had a concert <gasps> recently, like last um. week. And I have been kind of avoiding everybody, okay, in that group. Because I'm like, this Let's Nazi stuff, I don't want to even get involved. Getting part of it, yeah. So I said, but I want to be a good godfather. So I said, let me kind of mend fences. Let, let's go over. I went over to her house. She and I had to sit down. And I said, look, all this bullshit, we got to stop. So um, I go to the concert. We decide we're going to be friends again. So we went out last week. We went out to the Vanessa Williams concert. Oh, you did together. Oh, my God. Okay. So that night, she invites a friend of hers who is like her new guy friend. Okay. Okay. That does stuff that she and I used to do together. She invites him to come and have a drink with us late in the evening, really late, like when it's almost between road and ditch time. (laughs) Okay. So the guy comes to the bar, and they start having this conversation and completely exclude me. Now, Mm. now, having said that, I do know everybody else at this bar. So, I mean, I wasn't, like, at a loss for somebody to talk to. But I was sitting next to them, and then I found somebody else to talk to because they got into this deep conversation, and he's the type that just really stare you down. And, like, they were looking at each other so intensely. So I had invited her to go with me to the Pink Tie Party. It's a big event that's happening tomorrow oh, at the yeah, Ronald Reagan yeah. Building. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, the tickets are, like, 300 bucks. It's, like, a big, fabulous party. I said, you know what? We've made up. Let me invite her to the Pink Tie Party. So she's talking mm, to her friend that she loves so much. She orders this outrageous bottle of champagne, 
doesn't want to pay for it for some reason because she was between road and ditch, even though she's got lots of cash, but <laughs> she just was not in her right mind. I cover it. No problem. <gasps> you do? You were like, I, I can't, you do this all the time and you are way too generous. So we go out to the car that she's gotten and she's going to drop, they're dropping me off at another bar because at this point I'm kind of like, oh, these two. So then she says to him, oh, we're going to the pink tie party on Thursday. We should all go. Okay? So now I've invited her as, as my guest. Guest. Now and can, now he's going. Well, he could buy a ticket or whatever. But, hey, so check this out. So I was thinking about this. I'm thinking, this chick didn't invite me to the holiday party. Now, we have made up and we're cool. But I invited her. How about this? Since you got so much damn money, since your credit cards are so black, how about this? So the next morning, I text her and say, fabulous time last night. You looked amazing. Loads of laugh. Here's the link to buy tickets to the pink tie party so that you and her homeboy can, can buy tickets. Yeah. And I then invited someone that's been a real good friend, a loyal friend, my girl Tracy. I said, you know what, Tracy? You have been a friend during that party, when that party was going on, Tracy and I were on H Street having a cocktail. Through thick and thin. Through thick and thin. Did you hear back from her? So I politely, uh, no, I just sent her the link. I mean, I, no. So, you know what? When you tell this story, the first thing that comes to mind is that this woman wants you to compete for the friendship. I'm not you know doing I mean? it. I know. I don't, I don't think you should, but she seems like that kind of a person where she, like, wants you to, like, be – you know what I'm saying? Like, if she's, like – I don't know. She seems, like, almost like she has to have so much attention. She's bringing other people in, knowing that, you know, you guys were out for sure. a night together. You were trying to repair your friendship. Then she invites this other guy, gets in locked in a – you know, this deep conversation with him. It just sounds like she's trying to – always make you jealous like well, always she, ma- work for tries, the friendship this is the deal that's crazy i think that she she's a lovely person we we have a lot of history together but i feel like um and i've said this before about the great equalizer because like i have a full life okay and no am i as rich as her absolutely not i mean she can do all that stuff that she does but my life is the great equalizer because i have a full yeah you're happy life and and i'm out there and i'm on tv and i'm really living my life okay now see that's the thing about somebody that bases their worth on all of their stuff right rings and all that see i can walk into the four seasons with her dressed the way you dress sometimes when you come in here (laughs) (laughs) and people will be like oh that's paul wharton oh paul 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 now she has to come in with the 20 karat rock getting out the aston martin dragging the fur coat on the ground and people are kind of like oh ma'am you're dragging your coat (laughs) do you know i mean of course they know that she's beautiful of course they can see that she's rich but the great equalizer is i've been putting in the work and i'm paul wharton so i told her last week i will always be paul wharton i've been running this paul wharton shit for 15 years yeah you have so Listen, all your rings and your big houses and all them cars and shit, that's great for you. But I don't need none of that because it's not mine anyway. You know, that's her stuff. And that's not why we're friends. So now that I think that there is this kind of weirdness going on, I don't know. We've made up, but I'm not sure how to take the next step. Do you think I was wrong to uninvite her? No, I think that your friendship is going through like a really... You know, I mean, I think friendships are like anything, right? All our relationships, some some relationships you're going to have a lifetime. Some you're going to have, there's a certain shelf life for them. And I wonder, I feel like it's like checking in, right? I mean, 
if you value her in the friendship, I think you guys can sit and have like a real heart to heart and just tell her, you know, I feel like when you do this, that you're, you know, I thought we were going out and spending a night together and kind of working on our friendship. And then you invite this other guy and you're, you know, deep in a conversation. Now, maybe he was having a real moment and needed her, you know, friendship or whatever at the time. But then she should she should be texting you the next morning going, hey, I'm really sorry I got caught up with so and so like he's going through this really hard time. Thanks for being a good friend and understanding. But it sounds like she takes a lot from your friendship but doesn't give it back. And hmm. she, the way she gives it back only is through money, which you don't longer – you don't need that. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, you need someone to be a genuine, real friend that yeah. it doesn't matter about the money. And she sounds like it's about the money and it's about her. Well, the thing about it for so long, I've always felt like it wasn't about the money. I mean, certainly the money's all around. I mean, you know, you see the money, you feel the money. I mean, it's just right. feels, it feels pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, is this throw real mink? What the fuck? I mean, you know, things like that. But... You know, but it never was really about that. It was about the our bond and our yeah. relationship and me with the kids and having fun and us and we would go on vacation and all things like that. I just don't want to play those kind of games with my real friends. I feel like Yeah, I, have, I don't blame you. I have a maybe two or three friends and I feel like I have maybe five best friends. Yeah. And other than that, I have people that I really enjoy and I can hang out with them. Right. But friends not so many. Well, do you think, have you guys had that real heart to heart? Like when well, you. I thought we did right before, you know, uh... right before, but we haven't talked about what happened the other night. And I guess I haven't fully explained why I sent the link for her to buy the tickets after. And I'm not really an Indian giver like that. I won't say, oh, you're invited. And then I take I don't it back. I know if it's PC. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can you, can you back that up? <laughs> My mom called. My mom used to call me that. I'm like, oh, okay, well. Uh, well, that basically means you give somebody something and you take it back. You know, like like we took back the land. We don't want to get into that. Okay. <laughs> don't get me in trouble with these people. You know, my, you know my heart is good. Oh, it's the, it is. It really so, is. Yeah, I mean, I feel a certain kind of way about rescinding her invitation. Well, I think you guys sound like you have a long history, so mm-hmm. it's worth hashing it out again. But I have a friendship that's like this, that I've known the person for years and years, but the friendship friendship is totally changing and the friendship is like it's just there's there's always this like cloud in the friendship where it's like if I invite the person to go out Friday night she can never go out Friday night it's got to be Saturday night or Sunday night or if it's a spontaneous hey let's go to the spa or let's just go get our nails done today it's always comes with conditions or it's always got to be like and then it's like well you're not really a good enough friend and you're like okay Let's just, you know, what are we here? What's what's the real problem? And then when we have a real heart-to-heart, it's like, oh, there's nothing wrong. It's fine. It's fine. And it's like, no, it's not really fine, you know? How come people can't get to their truth when you ask them what's really going on? Because they don't have any clue what's really going on with them. I think it takes a lot of they life. They have a clue because they like to tell other people at the water cooler what the fuck's going on. And they talk about you like a dog, you know, and they'll, they'll be mad about that. I guess people could say the same thing about me talking about this on this on this podcast, but I did go to her and we did have that conversation and I will again, trust me, probably before tomorrow night and I'll tell her probably later today or tomorrow, you know, what's the deal? What's but the deal? We, we had a come to Jesus last week. Is that PC? Yeah, can that's say, perfect. Can I say come to Jesus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I get Absolutely. a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, but I think people just really need to be um, a lot more honest with people that they love Um about where they are and, and they need to work. Yeah. I'm all about working on 
friendships and relationships. I know because they take work. It's like that's the thing is like people I think do think set it and forget it. And it's like, no, you have to keep nurturing a friendship. And I mean, I have wonderful friends where I can go a couple months. You probably do, too. Not talk to them. And then we pick up right where we left off. And it's like that's so great. But then, you know, I have other friendships that need more nurturing or whatever. And that's fine, too. But it's like. I also have friendships that have come and gone where I feel like I've given so much and then the person is always like, well, you don't do this and you don't do that. And it's like, okay, how much more can – like, am I going to keep doing this, you know? Yeah. My mom – And sometimes it's time to cut – like, maybe you just – you're just not – Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. And even I know they're your goddaughter and yeah. or your god, you know, kids. Yeah. And Well, I had to say this to my mom, actually. My mom always asks me people's names. She'll say, like, how's such and such? And I know why she's asking, like, are you still friends with them? You know, and, and when I say, it, oh, I haven't seen them in a, oh, what's wrong? You know, what happened? You know, like something. I said, and I told her the other day, I said, mom, people grow and they move on and nothing necessarily happened. Right, it's just, right. You know, we, we were in each other's lives for a reason. We were enjoying each other and, and, you know, our paths were crossing and we were enjoying each other. When that changes, it's okay. Right. Because like, I'm think really true. good with that. Like my mom will say to me, um, oh, do you miss your apartment in New York or do you miss this place that you used to live or do you miss this car you used to have? Or, no. <laughs> when it's over, it's over. No, for me, when it's over, it's over. Certainly I have memories of stuff. Sure. I don't miss it. Me neither. I, I don't would live you. In one minute from what what just happened? Hell no. Mm-mm. I'm moving forward on this thing, <laughs> and it ain't no Trump train. <laughs> 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 oh my God, Paul! I feel like this was an amazing show. Another like amazing show. Oh, I, just I love can't you decide. So much. I know. I love you too so much. Here's our. Uh... Oh, well, that's the wrong thing. Here we go. Yeah. It's the intro outro song by Teddy Beats. All right, Teddy, take for his draws on this. <laughs> Go on, Teddy Beats. All right, everybody, you can email us, Sarah, at HeyFrage.com. Follow Paul. That's Where do right. people follow you? Paul Wharton style on Instagram and Paul Wharton. And hey, if you tag us both this week, we want to take you to brunch this Sunday. We're going to take 10 listeners to brunch. We're going to have Sunday Fun Day this Sunday in D.C., Randomly tag us, tell us you want to go to brunch, and we're going to pick 10 of you guys and invite you to brunch. At Hey Frage, at Paul Wharton Style. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you next week.